As the wheels continue to turn in the face of the horrors that we are ever presented with in the world of politics, in medicine, in the economic world, whatever it may be, what we certainly don't want to see is another disastrous global event to happen like we went through with COVID-19. And for that reason today, I want to take a little bit of a pause, a sidestep from all these issues that are pressing on us, but are somewhat repetitive, redundant. I mean, we know what's going on. We know the evils that are before us, especially in the coming year. But today, we need to face something that at least has the potential to become another devastating pandemic in its own way. And that is pertaining to the marketing of lab-grown meat. Now, lab-grown meat has just been approved by the Food and Drug Administration in this past year. But if you think this is real meat, and if you think the FDA is looking out for your health, well, you've just entered a whole new version of what has been called the meat market, right? No, what the FDA is labeling meat really is not meat at all. It has not been tested. It has not been proven safe. And the risks associated with this product are immense, as well as with all other modified foods. And the implication, just the sheer implication of marketing lab-grown meats reaches a whole lot further than just the dietary realm. And that's what we need to understand because we could have another real disaster brewing here. You're listening to Unity Without Compromise. I'm Dr. Steve Latula. Thanks for joining me on America Out Loud Talk Radio for this program. Today, what I really want to discuss is why should we have a real concern, a real cause for concern about this lab-grown stuff, you know, this protein? Well, first of all, remember one thing. It's always all about control. They want to control us. Your government does want to control you. Your government does want to reduce our numbers, right? And to make you submit to its mandates, they have to make some recommendations that sound really good and then spice it up with all kinds of propaganda. And they are hitting us with this from every direction right now. So why would I take this little detour to discuss lab-grown meats? Because we need to understand that it is up and coming. One business source recently anticipates that a whopping $2 billion market for fake meat is going to be upon us by about the year 2035. Now, they are very serious about this, and it's not just because they want to provide food for the world. That's the last thing they want. Remember that the same people who are wanting to produce fake meat are the ones that want to 
take away a significant portion of the world population. In other words, they want to snuff us. They want to annihilate us and us being all the the useless eaters in the world, right? According to uh, one of Klaus Schwab's uh, great right-hand men, Noah uh, Yuval Harari, he wants us to consume things not to survive, not to thrive, but to face our demise. Now, does the government already plan to poison you with food? Well, of course they do. In fact, they've already been doing it for years. They've already poisoned millions of people, remember, with the COVID shots, and that was intentional. This is not hype. It's not conspiracy theory. It is reality, and we are still facing it every single day. And so it's really important for you to need to you have this need to know what they are doing and how they are doing it and why they are doing it. Because if you can understand their motivation for producing lab-grown meat, you might be able to protect yourself. I mean, do you trust the government right now? Do you trust the government for anything? Some people claim that they do. Oh, yeah, they want what's good for us. Now, my answer to that is you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. Don't be blind or naive because you need to protect yourself from this rogue government. Protect your children. Your children are counting on you to protect them, to feed them, nourish them, to raise them up so that they can be the next generation to keep America going in a path of freedom and prosperity. But when it comes to food, many people are completely unaware of the dangers that we now already face from contamination of our food chain. And many people are unaware of how the government intends to force us to eat not only unhealthy foods, but actually dangerous foods that are intentionally dangerous by their design with things like genetically modified organisms, all the additives that they put in foods. What are all those little fancy words that we see a lot of times, but never really understand what they're all about. They are designing uh, foods to be more dangerous by adding hormones, by adding antibiotics, and actually purposeful contaminants, like we saw with the messenger RNA vaccines, right? They were contaminated up to about 25% with DNA. And that's real dangerous. And now comes lab-grown meat. This is not consoling to my heart. Now, many of you have purchased a lot of farm-raised animals. I mean, they grow trout, catfish, scallops, oysters, tilapia. A lot of things are farm-raised that are typically caught in the wild. And we know that farm-raised creatures that normally live in the wild and are caught in the wild, they lose a significant amount of nutritional value when they are farm-raised because they are bred to produce rapidly, and under controlled conditions, removing them from their natural environment, their natural life cycle, and so forth. So 
what might actually happen when the government starts trying to raise only muscle tissue, which is what they call meat, right? From chickens, from pigs, cows, and so forth. Raise this tissue in a laboratory. What do you think you're really getting in that so-called meat? Well, homegrown meat uh, involves a five-step process to actually harvest the meat cells. And the process begins with stem cells, which are, and stem cell research is still a budding science. We don't know a whole lot about it. We're getting better at doing it, producing things, but mainly um, stem cell research has been used medicinally. And frankly, it has not been very uh, effective so far. For example, they were trying to produce cartilaginous cartilage stem cells uh, to, to replace cartilage on, say, a worn out knee. So they inject knees with these stem cells, hoping they will grow and regenerate cartilage around the bone. Now, I did pain medicine in years past and saw people, a few that actually received these injections. And I can just tell you that they were extremely disappointed. They got virtually no benefit whatsoever, if any, and if any, only for a very, very short time. And that was probably just a placebo effect and not any actual benefit. So we're not there yet. And I'm not saying that stem cell research is a bad thing. I think the potential for doing good medicinally is there. I think that they can really uh, ramp up this research and do a lot of good things. But as with everything, every form of research, uh, every new discovery has the potential to be used for good and evil. And that is a little bit concerning because it seems always that the evil predominates and the good is squelched, such as cancer remedies that we have had come before us in the past, the patents were purchased and the cures were suppressed, right? That kind of thing actually does happen. And I think that most people are more willing to accept that as fact today because we see how deceptive is the government and big pharma because it's all about money and it's all about power. And money and power is achieved through controlling the population. So as I said earlier, it's all about control. And if you are not aware of the dangers that we face in food contamination in our own food chain, then you could die at a much younger age. You could suffer. You could be injected with things or you could consume by eating things that can truly destroy you, weaken your immune system, or even kill you. So I talked about this five-step process uh, in harvesting these meat cells. And step number one, actually, what they do is they take these nonspecific animal cells. They call them stem cells. They are uh, plurip uh, pluripotent, if you will. They have multiple potential to become different things. And they take these cells and grow them in what is called a bioreactor. And there's several different types. Uh, there's actually three classes of bioreactors. 
and I'll get into that uh, briefly, but they are used to support replication or growth of the stem cells and then trying to cause them to differentiate so that they become the tissue that they want, namely muscle tissue, which is meat. And then they have to develop this tissue, get it to clump together uh, so that it can be processed. Um, but typically these are these reactors, these bioreactors are used for research only or for regenerative medicine. And regenerative medicine is a good thing, but the technology is really not great. If we could replace, for example, the islet cells that produce insulin, hey, we could, we could cure diabetes uh, if we could get stem cells to reproduce the cells that produce insulin. That would be a very good thing because it would be literally a cure for diabetes. So there's a great potential for good here. Now, uh, when we are talking about bioreactors, there's three classes. One is for cell expansion, uh, and then there are other tissue engineering bioreactors, and then there's what's called a lab on a chip system. And they all provide a controlled environment where cell nutrients are introduced and uh, along with biomimetic stimuli, they call them, that in typically uh, this would be exemplified by a growth hormone to get the cells to grow and to influence the cell growth in a favorable way so that you get a product that you want. I mean, you don't want to introduce stem cells into a bioreactor and produce brain tissue, right? You don't want uh, uh, some other form of tissue. But you don't also just want muscle cells either, because that's not what you get typically in real meat. But you can see that it is a process and it is a challenging process. And stem cell research really does have great possibilities. Stem cells can be obtained uh, from benign sources, such as the placenta which is typically discarded, right? Some are collected, purchased so that they can extract stem cells from the placentas, but you don't get stem cells just from fetal tissue. A lot of people might think, oh, this is a grave ethical concern. Not necessarily. We can extract stem cells from tissue that is not killing in a little baby or and something like that. So there's, you know, there's good uses for it. And the sources for stem cells are available uh, for multiplication. So the, the real concern right now is the cost of the regulatory infrastructure that is needed for this technology to make it useful for marketing. And remember that um, in order for this to work, they have to have very rigorous standards. And these standards, the cost for these standards are prohibitive. And this includes the cost of the nutrients to actually grow the cells because without nutrient sources, they cannot replicate. And then you have to put in additives such as growth factors. And these are typically extracted from animal serums. And then they introduce vitamins, minerals, electrolytes, and then they need an energy source and they get that from sugars that are grown from crops. So this is not a completely independent process. It actually requires a lot of outside resources to be able to produce the so-called meat. 
And then think about this. You are producing a broth of living cells, right? Well, this broth of living cells is a tremendously good culture medium for bacteria and possibly uh, for viral contamination. And so there's an extremely high level uh, of purification process that has to be used to prevent contamination throughout the entire process of growing the cells and then extracting the cells um, and uh, packaging the cells and storing them and so forth and then getting them to market. It is not an easy thing to do by any means. So meat production would therefore require an industrial scale, ultra high density cell suspension of cultures uh, within a very highly controlled microenvironment in order to achieve a reproducible product. In other words, you want it to turn out to be meat with a certain flavor, a certain taste, a certain texture, and so forth, and then produce it in sufficient quantity for marketing. These are some rather um, high barriers. It's not an easy thing to produce, but several types of such bioreactors have been invented. They are in use. They are costly. And right now they are limited in producing large quantities necessary for industrial use because of all the multiple challenges uh, in being able to mimic actual living animal tissue. Now, can that really be done? No, I believe not at all. For example, just take your average chicken leg. You pick up a drumstick from a chicken or a turkey. What does it contain? Well, it contains multiple tissues. It's not just meat cells. There's skin. And under the skin, there's, some, there's a layer of fat. There is connective tissue, cartilage, bone, bone marrow. And then you get to the connective tissues, the fascia, which surrounds the muscle bundles themselves. So you do have muscle tissue in there. And you also have blood vessels and nerve cells, and then the blood cells that, that are retained. You bleed an animal out when you harvest an animal, but there are still blood cells that are within the meat tissue. That gives it the red meat of beef, for example. And this, all of this um, integrated conglomeration of different types of cells simply cannot be reproduced in a lab. And so you're never going to see them producing a chicken leg, for example, in uh, a laboratory setting where they're telling you we are growing chicken meat or beef meat or pork. It's just not going to happen. And we see at the outset of this that what they are trying to grow and what they believe they will have some chance of success at is growing chicken nuggets. Okay, because uh, they're replicating one cell type, and that's the myocyte, the muscle fiber cells. But again, what about the trace minerals, the circulating enzymes, and all the other stuff found in, say, the chicken leg? Well, they aren't there. So how nutritious is this stuff going to be? That's a big concern. And I mean, let's not even go to the question of, well, how are they going to make it tasty? Well, you can make anything tasty. 
I mean, I've eaten uh, meals ready to eat MREs from the military that taste like cardboard in the good old days in the 70s uh, when I first enlisted in, in the Air Force. And I'm telling you, it tasted horrible. But if you add spices to it and even salt and pepper, things taste a little better. So I don't think that is an insurmountable obstacle in producing what they are calling meat but it's not the real thing by any means. Now, the real problem is the safety concerns. What additives are they using in this concoction, this broth, this soup, if you will? Are they adding hormones? Yes. Growth hormones. What other types of hormones? Well, and what about the use of genetically modified stem cells? Because, you know, stem cells may be able to be improved, if you will, so that they can replicate faster, they can grow bigger um, to increase production. Because remember, large quantities to feed the world they're talking about, right? That's why they want to do this. Um, they're going to, it's going to take a tremendous amount of replication of cells rapidly, effectively, without contaminating them. So they're going to also add preservatives. Now, what preservatives can they use to keep cells alive to grow them? And then when they harvest the cells and effectively kill the cells, um, how do they preserve them? And the issue of cell culture contamination is huge introducing bacteria into these large vats that they're talking about producing uh, these meats in, that's going to be an issue. Viral contamination, prions, uh, which are like mad cow disease, I mean, they can enter this stuff. And then what about intentional contamination like messenger RNA, DNA? I mean, let's face it, we now live in an age of advanced biowarfare, and it is scary. And would it be easy to introduce something into these stem cells? Oh, yeah. It would be a golden opportunity because these cells are rapidly replicating for the purpose of consuming. So if you, you can splice in DNA segments that can be eaten, ingested, and then incorporated into your body, what harm might result from that? Well, use your imagination. You have been given a glimpse behind the curtain of what technicians and scientists can do in the laboratory. It's a whole new world, and it's pretty scary. Now, with regard to safety, the companies that are producing these have applied for what's called a grant of inspection. And th these companies in America were issued uh, grants of inspection by the FDA, and it was based solely on the company's self-assessment. In other words, the FDA didn't go in there and inspect everything, test everything to prove that is harmless, safe, right? They didn't do that. The company itself said, yeah, we've checked everything out. It's all going well. Look, we've produced this. And the FDA basically says, okay. I mean, the Food Safety and Inspection Service uh, claims uh, request for the production. Uh, they, they were told that they are approved following a rigorous process. 
Whoa, that's a lie, but that's what they do. So the FDA approval of lab-grown lab meat um, has been cleared for sale in the United States. And there are two companies. One is called Upside Foods, and the other is Good Meat. And that is owned by Eat Just. So they're making these cultivated chicken nuggets as a first attempt. This has been approved by the Department of Agriculture to start producing these cell-based proteins. And they're going to grow them in these giant vats, kind of like you, the vats you would see at a beer brewery. You know, they're brewing this, this beer in these large containers, stainless steel. And that's kind of what you would picture in these companies where they're trying to grow meat. And both of these companies, Upside Foods and Good Meat, received no questions letters from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Good uh, Meat received their approval in March of this year and Upside Foods just in November, last month. And Good Meat has been selling its products already in Singapore. That is the only other country, by the way, where it has been approved besides in the United States now. And in Singapore, they are ad advertising it as, quote, meat without slaughter. Oh, such an appeal. It's meat, but we don't have to do any butchering. We don't have to kill the poor little animals. And that's one of their selling points. Interesting. And so these companies plan to partner with restaurants and other retail stores soon. And I suspect that they're going to hit, yes, some of the restaurants, but mainly fast food chains. I mean, if you want people to eat this so-called fake meat, put it in fast food chains because people that tend to go to those places, they don't care what they're eating. It's like, look, I need it fast. I'm on the go. Yeah. Just give it to me. Give me my chicken nuggets so I can get out of here. Right. And uh, I think that that's where we're going to see a lot of it being um, sold. It's going to reach the consumers in these fast food stores, but they will also at least initially introduce them in restaurants uh, that we already know that they plan to partner with several restaurants and other retail stores very soon. Upside plans to sell a product um, to Bar Cren, which is a San Francisco restaurant. Yeah, great place to try it, right? Let's see what happens. Let's see how they respond. Well, as you can see, there's a lot of concerns about this. And I think that we need to really be aware of what is going on. Now, the one thing that they at one of their selling points is that, yeah, we don't have to harm these little animals because we raise an awful lot of animals for food in America. Right. It's just a fact of life that God has said, look, consume the animals, consume the plants, rule over it. I have given you all of this for food. And it says that in the New Testament, in Romans 14, for example, you, we are told that there is no food that should that needs to be rejected if it is eaten with thanksgiving, okay? So we can consume anything from the earth according to what God says. But is this also going to be environmentally friendly as they claim? Well, remember, everything is about saving the planet right now, right? The climate change uh, nut jobs are always after us, and they make it sound like climate change is, is uh, something 
that is real, that is essential, that we all have to participate in, or we are going to blow up our planet. We are going to kill ourselves off. And is it true that raising lab-grown meat is actually somehow more efficient? Is it going to save resources and thereby save the planet? Well, not according to a University of California Davis article, where they stated that current uh, production methods for producing this fake meat could end up way worse for the environment than beef farming, for example. And they specifically say that the processing of these stem cells could emit between four to 25 times more carbon dioxide per kilogram than regular beef. Okay, because they remember they're wanting you to to shrink your uh, your footprint on the earth. And when you breathe, you exhale carbon dioxide. Right. So um, they want to lower carbon dioxide production by lowering the amount of animals that are breathing. And that's why they're trying to get you away from raising cattle and beef and poultry and so forth. Because when we breathe, we emit carbon dioxide as if that's some, some kind of a poison which it is not. It is essential to growing plants. They are dependent upon carbon dioxide to grow. But environmentally friendly? No, not at all. It's going to be resource intense. They're going to have to use a lot of other uh, natural resources to feed these growing cells to get the product to, to you. It's exactly like the windmills, the solar panels, the electric vehicles. They, they are not sustain, sustainable energy sources, but they want you to think they are. So we have been duped again. We are being duped, and they are going to launch this off. I'm going to take a short break, and then I want to return and talk about some real concerns that we ought to be aware of about this process. I'll be right back. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's foreign protein cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray 
with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. And welcome back. This is Unity Without Compromise. I'm Dr. Steve LaTulip. My program does air at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the weekends. I hope you'll catch it then, but if not, it does go to podcast along with my articles, and you can access those at americaoutloud.news for not just my articles and podcasts, but for a great team that is putting together news for you that you can actually digest for yourself, evaluate without fear of this information being censored in any way. We speak the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Hopefully, we do have differing opinions sometimes, but that is your food for thought. This is how we advance ourselves as people, morally, politically, spiritually, socially, in every way, scientifically. When we discuss things together, we achieve greater results. Two heads are always better than one. So I encourage you to go to americaoutloud.news and please spread this information because we've got a heck of a year coming ahead of us. It's going to be lots of flashing red lights for sure. And since I am talking about flashing red lights, remember that there are an awful lot of flashing red lights associated with homegrown meat production. What are they? Well, first of all, remember, out of all the nations in the world, so far to date, there are only two countries. And isn't it interesting that the United States is one of two countries in the world that has approved cultivated meat for human consumption, along with a little country called Singapore? Well, that's reason for concern, and more so when you consider that Italy, which has a really large um, 
agricultural production center uh, going on in that nation, Italy is actually the first country in the world to ban synthetic meat. Now, I was pretty impressed with that. Wow, good job, Italy. The Italian minister of agriculture, Francesco Lollibrigida, stated, and I quote him, in the defense of health, he says Italy is the first nation in the world to be safe, all right, safe from social and economic risks of synthetic food. Now, notice he didn't mention safe with regard to the health risks, okay? He missed that, but it doesn't matter because it was nixed. This bill passed the Italian Senate by a vote of 159 to 53. So, three to one. Now, Italy has a $10.1 billion meat processing industry. So, they might be motivated to what? to preserve the jobs of their people, to preserve real meat, real food. I'm proud of the Italians. And I hope that a lot more countries will do the same thing because they will not have the regret that we will have in America for doing such a foolish thing. However, we talk a lot about state power in the United States. States are supposed to have more power than the federal government. You'd never know it by the way things are right now. But in 2018, okay, three, almost four years ago, Missouri passed a law which prohibits both plant-based and lab-grown food from being labeled as meat. In other words, you can't have soy meat. You can't have harvested stem cells and call it meat in Missouri. Good job, Missouri. We also see in Florida where St State Representative Tyler Sirio um, submitted a bill called HB 435, if you want to check it out, which prohibits the, quote, manufacturing, sale, holding, or distribution of cultivated meat in the state of Florida. Good job. That is smart. Now, are these people just paranoid, do you think? Am I just paranoid when I'm talking about the potential harm, the risk of meat? No, not at all. As Wilton Simpson, who is the commissioner of the Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services stated, without this legislation, untested, Potentially unsafe and nearly unregulated laboratory-produced meat could be made available in Florida. And he's absolutely right. It is not tested. It is not regulated to any extent whatsoever. They can do whatever they want. And that's exactly what the federal government does nowadays, whatever they want. Ignore the Constitution. Ignore the people's will. Ignore the obligation, the moral obligation to protect people from harm. That's a whole, that's the whole purpose of having a nation. We look out for each other, right? Ignore all that. Because without legislation to protect us, we are going to be victimized. And with this lab-grown meat, we could be victimized in a very serious way.
Now, more red lights, right? Who are the major investors in these companies? Well, USB, O'Connor, uh, hedge fund management firm, is backing good meats. And Upside Foods, who do you suppose has been investing in that since it began in 2017? None other than Bill Gates. Bill Gates actually spoke at the COP28 uh, symposium, and he spoke in, a, in an area where they were discussing, quote, transforming food systems in the face of, you guessed it, climate change. The man who said, you know, that if we do a really good job of vaccinating, then we could eliminate 10 to 15% of the world population, right? Who is Bill Gates? He is a population control sociopath. Absolutely no questions about it. Elon Musk even called him that to his face. Everything that Bill Gates touches either suffers or dies, and he is proud of it. He thinks he's doing the world good by killing us, by making us sick, by making us suffer, by impoverishing us, by stealing our land, our food, our resources. Now, if Bill Gates is investing in lab-grown meat, what do you think he might add to that broth of cells? What DNA or messenger RNA segments might be incorporated into those rapidly growing stem cells? Might it be spike protein? What might this fake meat do to your immune system? Hmm. They could accomplish an awful lot of evil. What is COP28, by the way? It's the Conference of the Parties. That's what COP, C-O-P stands for. Conference of the Parties to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. Woo, that's a mouthful. It took place uh, from November 30th to December 12th. The representatives from nearly 200 countries met together to coordinate global climate action for the next year. Oh, how exciting this is, right? They met in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. They all flew there in their multi-million dollar jets where they defy every rule of climate change that they impose upon us, or at least strive to do. Yeah, when you look at COP28, what you have is a gathering of a cesspool of liars, frauds, and hypocrites, and sociopaths who think that they are smarter than us and believe that they can control us. It is all about control. Well, that's pretty concerning to me. How many flashing red lights do you see with regard to lab-grown meat? You see, the inconsistencies abound. You know what I think? I think it's time for you and me to grow our own gardens and raise our own meat. I'm actually in the process of doing that right now. Uh, I recently moved into a new home, and um, I'm putting up a garden area, and I plan on raising my own rabbits and chickens for eggs and meat and ducks for the same. 
And I will have an extensive garden and I will control what my family eats to the full amount possible, to the full extent possible. It's hard to do, right? You have to realize that they are out to poison us with food. And I want to challenge you to really understand this and to check it out for yourselves. When you go to the food store, you will see that inconsistencies abound. So it's time to start reading food labels if you haven't been doing that and educate yourself on what they mean. Now, here's a great example for you. When I am writing my articles, I will, I'll occasionally snack on this, you know, brain food, right? You need energy to write. You use a lot of energy when you're thinking hard. And so I have on my desk right now some stone ground corn. Stone ground corn is, you know, supposed to be, these are tortilla chips. They're supposed to be very nutritious, right? On the bag, it says, new from my Nana's kitchen. My Nana's best tasting, authentic, thick and crunchy tortilla chips. And then I look at it, what they claim it's 100% plant-based. It is vegan friendly. Ooh, that means no animal products in it at all. 100% of the grain is whole grain, they say. Wow. Then they brag there's no trans fat, zero cholesterol, lightly salted. Wow, sounds really healthy, doesn't it? I mean, if you're going to snack on something, you want something healthy, right? So I just happened to be seeing this and reading this, and I turned it over, and I wanted to look at the nutritional facts. And it says that it contains 120 calories. There's my energy, right, from my brain food. 120 calories per serving size, and the serving size is seven chips, 21 grams, and then nine grams of total fat are in this product. That's about 12%, um, I guess, by weight, 0% dietary fiber. And then I went to the ingredients and I read that. The ingredients stated, and they are listed according to what is present in the largest amount. So they say whole kernel corn, vegetable oil, in parentheses, which can be canola, palm, or sunflower, and then water, lime, salt. And then there it was at the very bottom, contains a bioengineered food ingredient. What? I couldn't believe it. I thought, wait a minute, this is supposed to be you know, a homegrown product here from Nana's Kitchen, supposed to be really healthy, right? Stone ground. Uh, the grain is 100% whole grain. And then I read contains a bioengineered food ingredient. What is up with that? Well, which ingredient? Well, they don't tell you. Well, how is it bioengineered? They don't tell you. What does that even mean? They don't tell you. That's scary. They don't tell you. You have no idea. You have to look it up. And so I did. I look it up. What is a bioengineered food? Well, it's a highly refined ingredient that does not contain detectable modified genetic material in the finished product. In other words, they could use it in the earlier processing, but not in the finished product. And that includes like some sugars and some oils. 
Since January 1st, 2022, this disclosure has been required that they tell you it contains a bioengineered food ingredient. And now you know what that is. Highly refined ingredients. What is that refining process? Who knows? But it involves a variety of a few fresh fruits and vegetable crops, such as apples and papaya, as well as certain grains and seeds, such as soy and canola. They, these are bioengineered. Well, so bioengineered foods include certain types of genetically modified organisms. And they don't have to tell you how the food was genetically modified. It can mean anything. Now, a strain of coronavirus that existed in nature was genetically modified to cause a man-made pandemic, SARS-CoV-2, right? So what are the genetic food modifications doing to us? Honestly, we don't know. But do you trust the FDA? Have they proven themselves to be trustworthy? No, they haven't. Not at all. Neither has any other government agency, the Centers for Disease Control, right? What, what good have they done for us? Absolutely nothing. They have harmed us by lying to us, deceiving us, and allowing very unhealthy things to be injected into our bodies or consumed. Is lab-grown meat considered genetically modified? Well, this certainly is not a natural process here. We have to admit that, right? In fact, you could definitely say it is a highly refined ingredient by their definition, right? But is it regulated? And just what are the regulations? Well, they're very scant on telling us how they regulate anything, how they determine anything to be safe. They're elusive. They're shady, which means what? It means that it's really not being tested. It's not really being checked out. And therefore, when you have investors like Bill Gates producing a product, Bill Gates, the man who wants to reduce the world population by any and all means possible, what do you think he could get away with? I think, he, I think this is a very dangerous situation. And then they'll tell you, well, Lab-grown meat is good for the environment. No, it is not. Lab-grown meat is a scam. It has to be. They're saying it's associated with the climate change that these frauds and tyrants are pushing at us while they ignore themselves every one of their own rules of how to reduce their carbon footprint. They're frauds. We need to realize that the ones who want to take away, for example, natural gas, right, methane, because they say natural gas is bad for the environment, well, that, that doesn't make any sense. It's natural. It exists in a natural form at, uh, within a certain concentration, just as carbon dioxide is a natural gas, it exists in the environment. Oxygen is a natural gas in the environment, 21% in the atmosphere. If you were to breathe 100% oxygen, you would poison yourself. It would kill you. 
if you were to breathe 100% carbon dioxide, it would kill you. Nitrogen, it would kill you. Any other gas, okay? But natural gases exist within parameters of the environment based on the homeostasis of the entire earth. And that has not significantly changed ever since it's been recorded and tested. They are lying to us. The ones who want to take away natural gas because they say natural gas is bad for the environment. These are the ones that want you to consume their lab grown meat. Do you think they're going to consume it? They are the same ones who say that carbon dioxide is a toxic emission when it is absolutely essential, required for plant growth. They are the same ones who want to take away your propane stoves, your gas and diesel cars, and your electricity after they get you to convert everything to electricity. Because then they can control you. The ones who are covering your fresh fruits and vegetables with this toxic substance called APO, which is an invisible spray-on coating allegedly to extend the shelf life of fruits and vegetables. Why would you want to do that? Nutritional value decreases significantly proportionally over time. Why would you want to try to preserve it? especially when you realize it is largely funded by people, including Bill Gates, Katy Perry, the Rockefeller Foundation, Oprah Winfrey. Oh, yeah. You're going to trust those people? Uh-uh. That's enough right there to say that we should not trust this product. But by all means, do your due diligence in researching the product. And you'll find it's not as safe as they claim, this APL. See, deception is the name of the game, and lying is what they do best. If they can control our food, they can control us. And I assure you, they are trying their best. All food, have you noticed, it's becoming more expensive. They're going after the farmers and the ranchers. The cost of meats is skyrocketing right now. And they are predicted to continue to go up and up and up in price. Until we have a regime change, that's what we will face. I raise this issue today because while all this other badness is happening around us with politics and our economy, um, with everything happening as George Orwell's 1984 is truly upon us, we have to keep in mind that we still need to eat. We need to live and nourish our bodies. Because if we don't pay attention to what they're doing, they can certainly inflict a great harm on us much worse than the COVID-19 pandemic with the virus and then with the follow-on lethal shots. If we can unite against these people who are hell-bent on destroying our country, our society, our families, our children, our schools, medicine, the economy, the churches, and all of our foundational beliefs in this country, then we can win this war and we can stop the coup that is in effect right now. We've got an awful lot coming at us in the coming year.
And so my hope and my prayer for all of us is that we do eat healthy. We exercise to keep our immunity up, to keep our minds clear. I'll ask that you nourish your soul with prayer. Join together with your friends and your neighbors. Be united in a cause, because in doing so, we will save this country if we set out and determine to really do it. That's what we have before us. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve Latour. Until next week, adieu.